The Spanish Announce Table. Episode 402 of the Spanish Announce Table. Exciting stuff to talk about. AEW Dynamite just ended a few minutes ago. We've had time to, you know, utilize the restroom, uh, grab some drinks, beverages, or whatever we may like to partake in. It's none of your business. But we are here now to talk about pro wrestling, and that is our business, making wrestling friends. We're glad you're with us. If you're watching us live on the YouTube, you can always watch live on SpanishAnnounceTable.net, but you can chat with us when you're watching live on YouTube. And, of course, the podcast is available for download uh, later. But, hey, Tom, Tom, what's new, man? You know, just hanging out, loving life, uh, enjoying AEW. I told you I'm kind of going down uh, a nerd path, which hopefully you'll still stay my friend. Uh, but mm. I have decided, and you you can see the content coming soon, that I am going to start to create little wrestling sets. And what I mean by that is, so I already have Hangman, right? Remember, you guys have seen this mm -hmm. guy enough. You know, there he is, right? And that's fun. And that was just a gift. And I liked it, right? And then when we were at the All Out uh, Fan Fest, and they had that ring with all the different little uh, action figures, and they had Kitty Omega and Hangman looking at each other. And then they had Jericho and Danielson looking at each other on the set. I was like, that would be fun. That would just mm -hmm. be fun. Just to be like, you know what I would like to see out of wrestling? And I could even do little TikToks and show you like, this is what I would do. So I started last night. I got the ring. It's in the mail. But I got another hangman because he's the best. And here he is in his drinking attire with his belt. Right? So that's fun. Uh, I also got a Miro, which is uh, over there. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to start doing that. So you might see some more content primarily probably on TikTok, but might be on YouTube, might be on Twitter, um, of me building out this alternate universe where I make the feuds that I think are great, or I just recreate what I see on TV, which speaking of, Tim, AW Dynamite was tonight, as you mentioned, and let's talk about it. You ready? Yes. I'm not. One second. <laughs> yes, I'm super ready. Uh, sorry, I was checking out uh, some of these YouTube uh, uh, streaming stuff, making sure everything was up up to speed because, you know, quality. We are of the utmost quality, quality concern here. So, I tell you what. Uh, but I am excited to talk about AEW Dynamite. It was a good show, as it always was. Uh, you know, I mean, it's rarely ever, I think, given us anything less than a C plus. And so I, I, I I've always, I've always, always enjoyed it. And I, today was no different. So, Tom. Let's yeah, let's it. kick it off. Uh, Dynamite started with the Jericho Appreciation Society Championship Celebration. And they're all out here in their crushed purple velvet suits looking fun. Uh, I didn't see Jake Hager. Did you or did I miss him? All I saw was 2.0, Sammy Guevara. You're correct. And then uh, uh, Daniel Garcia. I thought yep. that was interesting. You're Which, correct. hey, look, I'm a little mad at myself that I noticed I didn't see Jake Hager. I didn't hate it, but I'm just saying, damn it, right? Like, that sucks. Anyhow, nonetheless, let's get back into it. So mm -hmm. they come out, and Jericho's talking about the Ring of Jericho era, and he's going to be going through and kind of making sure that everyone knows he is the best ring of honor champion of all time. And then Dana Garcia checks him a little bit. And it's like, man, I don't, I don't like this. And Jericho says, well, guess what? I got you something. And he got him a bucket hat, which side note, apparently those are coming back in style. That's uh, a thing. 
Yep. And then side note to that, it was never cool. It was yeah. kind of ironic, stupid in the nineties. So it's just a diet Coke version of that, but that's my own fashion. You know, like I'm wearing a rock t-shirt for God's sakes. I'm not saying I'm yeah. a fashionista over here, but I'm also saying bucket hats are stupid. Anyhow. Uh, and Garcia's like, this is dumb. This is dumb. And then Jericho checks him back and is like, I'm going to ask you one last time. Are you a pro wrestler or are you a sports entertainer? And before he could answer, Brian Danielson walks out and he comes do, 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 and he's like, hey, I think you don't need to listen to what old Jericho's uh, telling you. I think you should make up your own mind. And Garcia then proceeds to like, you know what, sports entertainment? Let's what if I was a tag team with Justin Roberts? What if I was all of this stuff? Meanwhile, the absolute best thing in this segment was happening the entire time. And that is Luigi Primo was out there making pizza in the background. He was just da, 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 until Daniel Garcia punched him out. Mm-hmm. What is with this, uh, this trope, this AEW trope of just not even allowing Luigi to wrestle or anything, just knocking him out. It's Ethan page. It's Daniel Garcia. I, I just, what the hell? It's Luigi, yeah. man. It is Luigi. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Poor guy. I like him. But but Brian Danielson then says, hey, Matt Menard, I was told I can wrestle anyone who wants to fight me. And if you want to fight me, let's fight. So we get in-ring action. Now, Tim, with this whole Jericho Appreciation Society celebration, what did you think? What was your two cents from our opening segment here? I mean, it's classic Jericho stuff that we got. I think, you know, we got all the sticky. They're all dressed up in matching outfits. They're all being schmozzy heels, if that's a word. You know, like it's they're over-the-top annoying. Um, I, so, I mean, I knew what to expect, and it's rarely bad, right? I think sometimes it's played out, but it's always, <laughs> if you if you like heel work, you get a lot of it here with the Jericho group. And I thought it, it delivered, but poor Luigi had to, Man, he had to take a nap out there in the ring. He was down for a while. Yeah, he was. He was. For a bit. Now, one thing I didn't mention that I do want your feedback on, though, is, uh, as mentioned, Matt Menard uh, eventually has a match here with Brian Danielson. But before he does, he gets in Garcia's face, and he essentially says, hey, asshole, if you don't recall, it was me and Cool Hand Luke over there that had your back since day one. When they, no one give a shit about you, right? When you were supposed to wrestle Jeremy Wyatt in a Journey Pro, but AEW wanted you, so AEW paid Journey Pro and then flew you out there to do a show that no one really knew who you were. And he has a point. So how do you think that aspect? Because it makes sense. Garcia is getting fed up with the Jericho antics, putting on the bucket hats, wearing all purple, all the stuff. But the angle I think is actually more interesting is he breaks away from Jericho Appreciation Society, which has 2.0 still associated with Jericho. So what do you think about that aspect of this whole story? I think we've been expecting the Garcia, you know, flirting with the Blackpool Combat Club for a while. And I think they're delivering it kind of exactly how we thought it would play out. Now, I don't know. If that feels but what, easy. what I'm asking you is how does the 2.0 Garcia relationship yeah, unfold? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- 
I think they're ride or die with Jericho, and I think they're going to stick with him. So I think for that specific aspect of it, I, you know, I think that's where we get some of these like under matches, right? If he's going to take, so he's supposed to be taking on everybody in ROH, you know, flash forward, you know, spoiler alert. I think Garcia is going to be near the end of that as a, an attempted savior of ROH, but as he's breaking away and he's doing this Blackpool Combat Club thing, part of it is going to be the 2.0 guys. I got an idea for the uh, Jericho mm. thing, but I'll share it later. Yeah. I actually think the more interesting story is the narcissist with the yes men around him all fall by the wayside. I think that's an interesting story that isn't really told too often. So I would hope to see Garcia peels off, right? He's no longer with Jericho Appreciation Society. Then next week, I don't know what it is. We make it even more grandiose of what they do. It's not bucket hats now. It's, I don't know, speedos and, and little bow ties, right? Something stupid. And then 2.0 is like, man, maybe our guy Garcia was right. They peel off. Mm-hmm. And then you get uh, Sammy Guevara, who's like, hey, man, inner circle was fun. This doesn't feel right. Me and Tay Conti, we got our own stuff going on. They're out of there. And then it's just him and Hager, right? And then Hager's like, I'm tired of always being your muscle. And then he leaves, which then just leaves this narcissist to stand there saying, like, what the hell is happening? And it almost has him questioning who he is and all of that. I think that's some interesting storytelling, which obviously AEW can do, as you recall from the Hangman storyline where it was self-doubt and all of these things. So I have confidence that they can tell that story in time. I'm not saying let's start this next week. I'm just saying not every you know group needs to be around 24 seven. So I think that would be the most interesting way. And it starts with Garcia leaving, but we shall see. The thing, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I like the idea of like Jericho loses all his friends and has to kind of like, what am I doing? Where am I going? The problem is I think, feel like we're getting a little bit Ric Flair-ish with Chris Jericho in, I don't know that Chris Jericho feels like he's got to leave or that he ever really is going to. Well, I mean, that, well, that's a conversation for yeah, a different time, I think. Uh, one well, thing just, also. Just because that's what that should lead to, right? Like that should lead mm-hmm. to the retirement or the end of. Well, uh, yeah, Jericho. but I think, Jer- yeah, I agree with you. Jericho thinks at 62, he'll have a match with, Daniel Garcia, who by that time is the face of AEW, and it's, yeah, you know, the, whatever, right? The way we speak of Ric Flair and the way we speak of Terry Funk, with the high praise for everything they've done, but then the, man, maybe you should have stopped 20 years earlier, and maybe we would the, have, like, talked about you in higher light, maybe. I don't. The only saving grace that I could see happening is because of his band, he maybe goes all the way in on his music career and gives that what he thinks is the... Uh, uh, fair yeah. attention it needs. There's a fly around here, so or they have Sorry. to, uh, or they have to spend so much of his fortune on uh, legal representation uh, re- surrounding his wife's whereabouts on January sixth. But hey, you know, hey. So <laughs> next week it's announced that it's going to be Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia versus mm-hmm. Chris Jericho, yeah. Sammy Guevara. Was that who it is? Right. Right? I think so. Yeah. I don't remember who, yeah. or Matt Menard. We don't fact I'm not check. sure who the other, yeah, we don't fact check here. So 
it leaves me with this one question though. Again, good, good opening segment, interesting plot, plot lines and whatnot. However, if you're going to wrestle him next week, does that mean he's out? Like, did we actually kick him out? I don't, right. That seems weird that we would wrestle him, but also still want him to stay in the group. I mean, not, I mean, Blackpool Combat Club has done some wrestle each well, other stuff. Well, that's for titles, but yeah. that's for titles. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's. But I the get the I get the idea of like, hey, listen, you know, my brother, if we're having an issue, let's go back here and see if we need to settle it, and then you know we'll dust off and. Yeah, but you don't want him to win with the guy that's trying to take him away. Yeah, that right? doesn't. Like, you don't do him. that with the king, right? You don't do that with the with the head of of the uh, you know the. the of the pack, if you Opposition. will, right? The tribal yeah. chief, if you will. You don't, yeah. Um, yeah, right. That's for, that's for like equals, not, not a pecking order. Yeah, I agree. So we get the match as mentioned. Brian Danielson, Matt Menard, nothing really to get carried away with here. Uh, we do see Claudio Castanoli. He carries uh, uh, Parker to the back, which then leaves Brian and Menard one on one. Brian gets uh, the label lock, makes Menard tap out. Nothing too crazy here, but also you got 2.0 in another Yeah, I love Daddy segment, Magic. So. Yeah. He's quietly becoming one of my, like, if you're like, who are your top five right now? If I'm throwing an honorable mention in, it's probably Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, if he's not in the top five. Uh, maybe a OLI outside looking in, maybe? Yeah, just one of those, like, I mean, like, I'm popping every time that guy is on the screen, right? Like every time you're around, I'm like, we're going to, yeah, you're going to get some excitement out of him. Taste. Yeah. Yeah. He's, well, you he said you don't get a taste tonight. I brought the mm -hmm. pizza, but it's for us. Next up comes. By the way, Pizza Tassios, Overland Park, Kansas. Open it up soon. It's what? Uh, Luigi Primo's Pizza Place. Open it What'd up you say Overland it was? Park. It's Pizza, pizza Tassos or something like that. I why? The name of why? The... Brother. Yeah, like, name yeah. it Luigi Primo's. Well, I think the pizza was before the wrestling. I think this, it's, I mean, it's an honest guy. It's a pizza guy who owns like a chain of pizzerias around the, you know, Midwest. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to do wrestling. So what should I do? We know a guy who owns a winery and he was like, what should I do? I'm going to be a wine connoisseur. So the pizza guy is the pizza guy. Quick side note or side quest here. Um, okay, but we interviewed someone who had a chain of donut shops and then he decided to open up Donutology. So like make one of them Luigi Primos. Like it's it's right there for you. Right? I mean he's wrestling at Central States Wrestling by the way at their next show. If yeah. they're not selling pizza at the next Central States Wrestling show, they're messing up. I Moving don't venues for Central States Wrestling. I don't know if you saw that. Where are they going? Memorial Hall? National Guard Armory in Kansas City, Kansas. That's beautiful. Inside, yeah. beautiful. Good parking, yep. too. But that's, yep. uh, if yep. you're in Kansas City, Central State's great. Show. And I put yeah, the uh, Pizza Tasso's, if I'm saying that right, link in the chat on YouTube for anybody there. Uh, multiple locations, at least here in the KC area. I'm, I'm, I'm not fact-checking here, so I don't know if there's other locations outside of the Kansas City or not, but you can check it out by using that link right there in the chat. And if you're not like watching this live on YouTube, if I can steal a line from friend of the show, Dak Draper, shame on you. Shame on you. Watch us live Wednesday nights, sometimes Thursdays. 
All right. So then the next segment uh, was actually the most surprising and most entertaining in my book. Mm. Willer Yuta walks out. Yeah. And Yuta says, this is supposed to be MJF's time, but he's a piece of shit. Uh, He shouldn't have touched Tony Schiavone. But the thing that I liked the most, and this is where it almost showed that MJF wasn't watching the show, is Yuta comes out and he's like, what is he going to say? Oh, that the Phillies haven't made uh, the playoffs in 11 years. Oh, I bet he's going to say all this stuff. Does MJF come out here? And so then MJF walks out wearing a Mets jersey, getting the, you know, cheap hometown heat, but mentions and your Phillies haven't been in the playoffs in 11 years. And you hear Yuta say, see, he said it, he said it. And that honestly made MJF in my book seem a little amateur. It almost seemed like I have my bullet points and here's what I'm going to go out and say. And I, MJF is obviously top tier promo of all time. However, you got to adapt. And if you're watching the guy out in the ring say, oh, I bet he says the Phillies. When you say it, <laughs> you kind of look like an idiot. So I thought you'd he didn't say any one liner that's going to make a T-shirt or any, you know, monumental statement, anything like that. But I felt like he kind of held his own with MJF. He here. did. No, he didn't. I liked it a lot. And I, I it. Two times now, out of the first, what, two, three segments that we got here, we're getting back to this, what we're calling the new era of AEW, but kind of the initial era of AEW, where we're getting a spotlight on people you don't really know all that well, right? Mm-hmm. It's new and upcoming talent that are giving, getting a shot on this grand stage to kind of cut their teeth, and we're seeing the results here. Wheeler Yuta now has had a handful of, of long promo time, and each one has gotten better. The Daniel Garcia stuff has impressed me every single time. Uh, there's more of this later, you know, throughout the show. You, you know, the acclaimed is now over the top because of things like this. Uh, this is what I'm happy to see, and this is what's really bringing me uh, some joy, right? Seeing this kind of back in the AEW limelight here. And like I think, it. I think MJF to interact with the initial talent or you know the second wave of AEW stars is amazing because if you recall. Go back to that Cincinnati show where MJF and Brian Pillman Jr. had their altercation. Brian Pillman Jr. for a moment in time was one of the like, hey, I want this guy to be a top baby face. Then we kind of saw him wrestle and heard him talk and we're like, yeah, maybe not. But MJF can do that for someone. And I think Yuta has proved we do want to see him in that spot. He has had moments, his match with John Moxley and his matches with Daniel Garcia and ring of honor and all those things that I think he could be that person and MJF to get him there, I think would be fantastic. So uh, MJF does give him a compliment says that they've wrestled in the independence and Yuta is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, Yuta's tired of this. So let's fight before he can actually, you know, punch him in the mouth. Uh, the ass boys come out. And then Yuta stops because it's three on one. A boss move, though, from MJF, where he's like, you know what? You don't deserve my catchphrase. Hey, tell him my catchphrase. And he just leaves. He doesn't even, like, stand back to, like, watch. He legitimately is, like, off TV, like, off camera. Mm -hmm. 
and they ask boys do it and they yeah. say the line and that's the segment yeah the fucking limo driver's waiting i'm gonna fucking yeah <laughs> i'm out of here well because you've seen that in the past you know wwe is what i'm referencing here where someone's like hey say that thing but they're like watching that person there say and they it pose right. yeah mjf was like i'm out of here legitimately i don't want to be on the stage yeah, fuck anymore. You i thought that was really interesting uh, so then also next week and next week is going to be a big show. It's the anniversary show. Uh, it looks like it's going to be MJF four? versus Will or Yuta uh, on Dynamite. Four now, three, four years. It started 2019. So what is that? 21, three. three. No, four. It's four. I think it's four. I think it started 2018. We don't fact yeah, check. I think it's, something like that. it's under five. Uh, but it's going to be MJF versus Will or Yuta for Dynamite next week. Next up. We get an AW title eliminator, which is stupid. Yeah, I still don't like these. I don't like them. Just fight for the title. It's never you know been a I, thing. You know in what sports. I think it is? I think here's what I think it is. So we've discussed this where it's always been in pro wrestling that if you get a non title match against a champion and you win, that you then get a title shot, right? So now mm-hmm. suddenly they've put this name on it, the world title eliminator to that kind of a match, or just a non-title match against a champion. But I think that's for social media and like SEO stuff. So they can put the term world title you into think? the match. Yeah, I think so. I never thought about that. That's mm-hmm. a good, I mean, that would right. make sense then. I still think it's silly. I don't like it. It sounds weird. Yeah. It's not a world, t- also- world title eliminator is great for your tournaments when you're like, we need a world title champion or, you know, it's vacant. We need or, a number yeah. one contender. Uh, yeah. Or no, or new number one contender where they've done this before. We need a number one contender. Let's do an eight man tournament. Calling that the world title eliminator. Perfect. Because you're all getting eliminated into this title shot. Right. Perfect. But this like for just a non-title match, I don't like it. I don't like it either. And also, I if I'm being completely honest with you, I love John Moxley wrestling. I think John Moxley is the wrestler of the year uh, with all of his work with the New Japan, uh, his CM Punk feud, the Brian Danielson, Bull Club, or uh, Blackpool Combat Club. I think he is the wrestler of the year. Tom Wrestling Illustrated, you, you would have gave him number one? A million percent. However, I don't like my champions wrestling non-title matches unless it is a blood feud unless the champion says like i don't give a shit about being the heavyweight champion i have to kick your ass like we have this feud we have this beef that is making me beside myself to where i'm going to kill you right okay non-title match that makes sense but when it's just hey i I, there's no intrigue it's you know who won this match before it even started now, he took on Juice Robinson, and I told you this before we started recording. Juice Robinson seems like the fullback of pro wrestling, where if you were to ask John Moxley, if you, you heard William Regal talking very glowingly about Juice Robinson and how great he is and how long he's known him, you know, I believe he's married to Tony Storm. That could be not right on that, but something like that. We don't fact check. backstage. Yeah, we don't fact check. But everyone backstage, thumbs up Juice Robinson. And he gets out there, you know, 
and five. Just like the fullback. The fullback is loved on the football team. He is one of the most beloved persons on that whole roster. But if you look at his stat line, it's one carry for four yards. It's a valuable four yards. It probably got a first down like this got us to the next segment, but ain't no one going to remember it. And ain't no one going to remember this match. Tell you what, uh, on Madden, on nearly every, you know, down and one to go, I'm running that fullback. It's great, Always. but I don't remember the name of the fullback each year. Yep. <laughs> I just know it was nope. a fullback. I plugged in there with like an 85 rating and mm-hmm. I'm rocking it. It's good. Spent also, a million five. <laughs> just good. Also, I'm not fact checking, but is, and I also have a, the brain of a drunk baby. Uh, Juice confirm. Robinson, is he the uh, is he the Earth CJ Parker Fire guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that we booed because he wanted yeah, we to booed save the Earth. He was like, Earth. "Save the Earth! You guys are ruining the Earth!" And we're like, "Fuck you!" And he's like, "But you are," and we're like, "We know." But fuck you! That was you the suck. Worst. If they I presented the him as the heel. We were supposed to boo I that know. guy. Because <laughs> that's the WWE. They don't want to save the I earth. Wish, they want you. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could go through the history of pro wrestling and look at the wrestlers who were either cheered or booed and be like, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. I think CJ Parker might be on the top of that list because uh, go check out Florida. The earth is fucked. Anyhow, um, then we get into some cool stuff after the match. So John Moxley wins. Moxley gets the championship belt on his shoulder, and here he comes. And he's wearing a Dolly Parton shirt, which I fucking loved. Because that is the that is the true yeah. sign of a man who is comfortable with his masculinity. You wear a goddamn Dolly Parton shirt. Pink a Dolly pink, Parton shirt. Yep. Yeah, a pink Dolly <laughs> And not Parton Bret Hart shirt. pink. Like yeah. pastel. Yeah. Easter this pink. Is, yeah, this was the man's Easter pink. pink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, man's uh, pink. And he has this fire and he's like, motherfucker, we're going to, we're going to fight. Right. Credit to John Moxley though. John Moxley is like, I don't give a shit. Okay. I love to fight. Yeah. I I was thinking about coming back there and finding you and starting to fight. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I like how, again, another wrestling trope is when someone's fired up, the other person has to be in in a conflict. (laughs) Right. But John Moxley's like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Right now, I don't care. Yeah, good. Obviously, I this guy how, was light work, so yeah, what do you got? I liked how, uh, how Hangman threw his wallet out of his pants. <laughs> That's a real fight move. Yeah, right. That's a great move. He's like, yeah. hey, man, I don't need this shit in my pants. Like, that was great. Before they could go into a fist fight, though, MJF gets on the microphone. He's like, ah, you guys are just fighting for whenever I choose to become the champion he's cutting his mjf stuff you know and then here comes yuda again he just pops up you know pops up like the boogeyman and then he punches him and i thought the funnest thing of the whole i thought the funniest thing in the whole uh show and maybe the funnest moment in the whole show is that yuda is punching mjf on top of fans fans are legitimately yeah yeah he's like he almost fell through the like he almost crowd surfed on accident yeah because they're like what the fuck and he's like i don't care and mjf's like shit i thought that was great yeah more stuff mm-hmm. like that more no obviously let's not put fans in in risk but i'm saying like more chaos more craziness more 
non cookie cutter yeah. segments, you know, like that's yeah. the fun part of wrestling. Oh, oh, I love this. And I loved it a lot because this is what we've talked about where the storylines kind of bleed together, right? We see multiple things going on at once and they last over time. This is the beauty of pro wrestling. Uh, and we need more of it. I was recently telling somebody, an old wrestling fan who hasn't watched in a long time about the wrestling isn't wrestling video. And if anybody, hasn't Oh seen yeah, that, check that out on YouTube. And I watched that back and it's just kind of, it's that right. How Wheeler Yuta got to where he is. And then in this fight with MJF is a whole nother storyline angle outside of hangman, uh, and his world title and his self-esteem and self-actualization stories and Moxley being a, Whoever it is, don't sing it, bring it, meet me in the ring. I've got fucking brass knucks. I'm ready to go. Put this boot through your teeth and out your asshole. And just all of these bleeding at the same time, right? MJF up there being the the person everybody in the world hates. MJF is mm-hmm. captured in his character a way to, for nobody to like him. Like, even the people that like him, like, we know, like, no, if this was a real person, I would be trying to punch this guy in the face, right? Like, it's irritating. He's done amazing with that so all of these bleeding together at once with multiple things going on not even all of them over the same prize will you just over here just like no i'm just ready to fuck kick your ass mm-hmm. well, you know fuck that title i just fuck that i'm ready to beat you up this is why we watch pro wrestling and this yes. is what this is what makes us tune in next week because what's going to happen with this whole mess who's fighting who god damn it i don't know but i'm excited i just want a little <laughs> bit more chaos like i loved everything mm-hmm. about it but i loved yeah. give me more of, of of all of it though i loved how it wasn't supposed to be on top of fans like i like the whoa should i have seen oh yeah and again don't do mm-hmm. the i'm not asking for in pro wrestling the work shoot show it on tv right like oh should i have seen that and they planned it i'm not saying that i'm just saying like what we talked about in the past do a high risk move and fucking miss right? It's high risk. Miss. Fail sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want to see people sometimes, you know, get the whole climbing up the hot tag, not working. Like I want to see things that are a little bit chaotic and a little bit more. Yeah. I could honestly believe that that would happen. So that's all I'm asking for. I digress. Uh, we get to a commercial break. We come back and where are we at? Oh, here comes the clunky segment of the night. Soraya, did I say that Soraya. right? Soraya. 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 Soraya walks out and she's obviously nervous, which is somewhat relatable and fun to see, right? It still means something to her that she's coming back after so much time off and away from the public eye in the pro wrestling world, come out and cut her first promo talked about this off air as well this is a good example when you don't have a strong leader that's either a writer or running the show you have people that are like i can i can take care of it don't worry tony like i'll go out there i'll cut the promo and she first thing she says is i got chills and then she's mumbling sometimes. Then she does the I'm back, which apparently is her catchphrase, it seems like. Uh, and it's just a bumbling mess of just nonsense. And then she tells the person, I don't need my time cues. But, but the segment lasted like five minutes more. 
So I don't know what time cue she got. I think she was just trying to seem edgy. Like we're going to go until I say so. But so she's all over the place. She is just a, a, a mess. And then she asks all the women to come out, which like, a tenth of the women yeah, do. Four ladies came out. No Karoshida, no Nyla Rose, no Penelope Ford, or not Penelope Ford, but the Bunny, no um, Jade no, Cargill. Just, just surprisingly enough to be a team in a in a four on four match. Yeah. No, no uh, Kira. Foreshadowing. Hogan. Yeah. No Red Velvet. <laughs> yeah, none of those. No, they're none not of those. No. Nope. They don't. None of the- yeah, apparently none of the black ladies. Mm. No, apparently. I'm excuse me. There was one. There was one. Uh, the really fun one. The fun lady who's a baby face. With oh, the Willow. Big poofy hair. Willow Nightingale. Yeah, yes. she's great. I love her. Um, but it did. It felt like a lot of white people just kind of in their own world. But I digress again. Uh, but she asked the baby face, or she asked the whole roster to come out. Only the baby faces do. And then she, she's like, I'm going to introduce you Which to even all of that. Them. That even I can make sense if it was all the baby faces, but it was all four, of the baby right? faces. If all the baby because like the heels would be like, fuck that bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, and that my, would make my sense. My boss. Right. Yeah. I'm not doing what she says. I get that. But when four baby faces come out, that's a bad look. And then she's like, I'm going to tell you all about them. As if like. We've never seen these women before. Like you're yeah. introducing a new stable. Feels like we could tell you more than, than. Yeah, I can yeah, easily listen. talk more about these people than fucking you can right now. But before she gets through the whole list, here comes the heels. Here's Britt Baker, and that was again another weird thing because there was no Bunny, there was no Jade Cargill, there was no Kira Hogan. It was just Britt Baker's little faction. And Penelope Ford. That was it. Penelope Ford looked like she was an extra in a zombie movie or something. Oh, well, I think that's the look. Her and Kip, I think, are going oh, that's for That's right. Like They're this. doing the, we- yeah, that's right. The yeah. box head thing. So I think that was on purpose. But yeah, it did look uh, interesting, to say the least. Now, I will say, Britt Baker is the moment, I said this on our Twitter, at Table Show. Please follow us, because we do live tweet during AEW events. But I said, the moment is never too big for Britt Baker. She could have easily walked out there and it's a promo battle versus Soraya and said like, okay, well, there's like, this is the big time, right? Cause she's a big star in the pro wrestling industry. Nope. She cut her down. Like she's cut everyone else down, whether it's Thunder Rosa, uh, Ruby riot or Ruby Soho, uh, all of them. The line of the night though, that I thought was Britt Baker says, uh, Hey, I've got, I've given my blood. I've given my sweat. Hell I've given my neck. And guess what? My neck is strong. Yours is not strong enough to carry a W because of the neck issues that she has thought that was great. I'm yeah. paraphrasing. So Good don't dig. write in the yeah, comments yeah, and right. all that stuff. I'm paraphrasing here. Write in the comments, but don't write that motherfucker. Right. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then that just leads us right into Tony Storm versus Serena Deeb in a lumberjack match, which was the first in AEW history for the women. Credit to them. But the crowd and myself, unfortunately, kind of, kind of. So we, a couple of weeks ago, 
Tony Khan was all over social media talking about it. He's got a couple more tricks up his sleeve, right, to make these big, big splashes, right? Mm-hmm. And we get Soraya comes back. But I think Tony Khan has missed the boat on a couple of these, and it was kind of the same way with CM Punk. Albeit no. CM Punk was, well, hold on. In, in that Tony Khan's like, all right, I'm going to make a big splash. Fill in the blank wrestlers coming, coming, and they're going to show up on AEW, and they're going to be back. And we're like, okay, what are they going to do? And he's like, oh, I didn't think about that yet. And that's what we're getting here with Soraya. I agree. I, I think I think she came in at a time when WWE is getting all the IWC love. So let's get some attention back to us. But I think they shotgunned it because they have this whole weird clusterfuck of a scene with Thunder Rose as the real champ, but she's injured. So we got an interim champ, but the interim champ is feuding with the person who has the most charisma and Britt Baker, but we really don't even want Britt Baker. We want uh, Jamie Hayter, but Jamie Hayter, we doubled down and kept her with Britt Baker. And so it's like, then she's interjected, right? Soraya is interjected and it's like, none of this fucking makes sense. And so I think, you know what it feels like? It feels a lot like when Bret Hart went to WCW. Bret Hart went to WCW, obviously in different circumstances, but as a big splash for WCW, right? Oh my God, Bret Hart's here. Well, he came into the promotion right when Sting versus Hulk Hogan was at the apex of their fucking thing. So for five weeks, six weeks, I mean, I don't even remember how long it was. Bret Hart was just, Hey guys, I'm Bret Hart. And it kind of fucking sucked. And then by that time he had a bad attitude because he's a miserable person and he sucked in WCW, but they had something there, but they brought him in at the wrong time. Right. I kind of feel that way with her where yep. you had, if you had a clear picture of like, she's going to be the number one contender or her feud is going to be directly with this person here. Awesome. Man, but she's I, in a jumble just, mess of just shit. With AW though. Like Malachi black felt this way. Like he debuted and it was like, all right, what's he going to do? At least he had like the spitting thing, but it was still like, you know, I like, he just went after no, his thing. Was cool. He, he, he came in against Cody. He did the Cody. Yeah, thing. Sure, he did the Cody thing. And then yeah. there was, um, who was it? Brian Danielson. I mean, what are you talking about? Brian Danielson came in and had an amazing match with Kenny Omega at the first Grand Slam. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess we got a little more with these, but then there was like, I, I just, there's no overarching like reason, right? Like, I guess, you know what I mean? With CM Punk, at least I felt like the most where we got this. He's like, I'm here. Cause I want to wrestle all these young guys, you know what I mean? Like I'm finally here to actually do it. And then, you know, we know how that actually turned out. Right. Yeah. But the yeah. rest, I mean, it just feels like they're like, I'm here for what? Like to be here. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, thanks. I mean, I agree to a certain extent, but they do have stories unless, I mean, Soraya does not yet. Maybe yes. she's going with Jay. Maybe she's going with Britt Baker. But Maybe. I don't know. That's, yeah, I thought it she was going to lay defined. down the whole, like, we're making changes is what she first started saying, because I thought she was going to be like, and I'm now in charge of the ladies, right? I thought we were going to get that. But we didn't get that. Yeah, because it hasn't been confirmed, at least I haven't seen it, at least, and hashtag tweet the table or leave in the comments. Is she a wrestler? I hope not. Is anyone saying if she's a wrestler or not? I don't know what she is. That's the no. other thing I'm confused about is when they did the lumberjack match, she went up to commentary. Yeah. She's like, I'm out of here. Don't get a draws off here. 
Easy, easy, easy. Too soon. Uh, too soon? <laughs> like yeah. 25 years or something like hey, that. Hey, okay, man. <laughs> People mourn in their own way. Uh, next up, we get another homegrown talent, Ricky Starks. Even though Ricky Starks. Ricky yeah. Starks had a match so quick uh, that if you <laughs> blinked or pissed, you probably missed it. It lasted yep. 50 seconds. What the fuck was this, Tim? I don't know. This was Ricky. Maybe I. I maybe the Soraya thing went long, and maybe they shaved time off the Ricky Starks match because they were like, "Hey, this is a guy. You're wrestling somebody that's not actually on our roster." Which is, there's three matches with somebody not actually on our roster, but the, you're you're the low man on the totem pole. Cut it short. I understand that to a certain degree. I just. Ricky Starks doesn't feel like the guy who beats people up in five. You know, right. Five seconds. That's the thing. Yeah. Or Ricky Starks is the guy that can do it, but then he's got his shit to talk. He's going to talk that shit. And that wasn't the opportunity he was given. It was just win, run out of there. And I, that wasn't a great, wasn't great. I will say this though, Tim, I wanted to do a thing with you. I was going to tell you about it off air. And I was going to say, all right, we're going to do this thing. It's going to be a bit in our show. <clears throat> And we're going to do it each and every time it happens. I was going to mention how right before the main event, it's time for (laughs) the women. But I'm wrong. You're wrong. Because Ricky Starks was right before the main event. The women were before that. Interesting move. Um, So, yeah, let's get into the Ring of Honor World Championship match. Bandito. Spanish for bandit. Taking on El Fato. Thanks for the Spanish, Spanish lesson for, there. Yeah, it's Spanish for Jericho. El I couldn't Pato. figure out what El Bandito stood for because he kind of looked like the spy versus spy masks where like the mask had broken. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you. I get it now. It's a bandit. All right. <laughs> ah, that's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> It's like if they had that spot and it just broke, you know, the mask. But you know? <laughs> future booking, Hangman Adam Page needs to take on Bandito. Oh, if they do a, like a worlds collide kind of thing again, Bandito, Hangman, that's yes. written right there. They're both showing up on a horse. I know. That's what I'm saying. Not the like, same horse, obviously, but who knows? He's a riding bandit. on a horse fighting. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hope the horse doesn't have any trauma from it. But let's get into the match. Look, we had a kill from hell match. So that's true. Have a have a horse fight, but it's not you're fighting the horse. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that you're fighting the horse, it's that you're fighting on a horse. Horse back from hell. (laughs) And a horse back from hell. You get on the ass, (laughs) you get on the neck, turn and face each other and fight. Um, Horse back from hell might be this episode title. I like it. So Jericho and Bandito get into it and it was fine. Kind of paint by numbers, right? We do this, we go to this spot, but then Bandito gets the crowd off their feet. Credit to Jericho too, for having the core strength to stay up, but he puts them in a standing suplex and he stands there over a minute, over a minute. They start counting one, two, yeah, and the crowd's too fucking, 
Yeah, the crowd's too fucking dumb to count to 50, so they just stop around 30, and then it goes over a minute. Crowd's up on their feet. They're clapping and everything. I thought that was a perfect use of a silly-ass move. You know, you have Cesaro, or excuse me, Claudio, who does the swing. And the swing's fine, and I understand that it can be a signature move, so then people want to see it. But I think you should only pull that kind of move out when you notice, like, man, hey, they're not into this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're yeah. checking out. And and give me one where it's like, so for the swing, I like it if it's like a motherfucker nobody could swing, right? Like he, when mm-hmm. he did the great Kali, mm-hmm. you know? Or one of those ones where we see on the Indies where he did it for like, I don't know, 157 times. <laughs> like, right. at least then, you know? Yeah, do it, yeah. like you said, when we need a pop. Yeah, that's what I think you should do is do it when we need a pop. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we get this match, and then that's when the crowd is into it. They're going crazy. They're having fun. They're all into it. And we have some good false finishes. Bandito hits some of his signature moves. Chris Jericho's hitting some of his finisher moves. I thought at one time maybe they were going to go with Bandito. Like, hey, Jericho was just a way for Claudio not to lose to a baby face, and we really wanted Bandito to be our champ. Felt like that for a split second, but Chris Jericho gets the win. Post-match, Chris Jericho uh, tells the ring announcer, come in here, come in here, come in here. And he, He's like eating the microphone. He's like, I'm going to beat every Ring of Honor champion. I just beat Bandito. Next up, it's Brian Danielson. And I think it's in, he said his home country of Toronto, which he was tired, right? Like, Sprint for 50 seconds and then let me ask you some questions. You're probably going to mess up on them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll excuse that. But then he's going to he said he's going to fight Brian Danielson in Toronto for the Ring of Honor Championship because he wants to be every Ring of Honor champion. And he's like, I want to destroy everything that Ring of Honor is. I want to destroy the wrestlers, the champions, the ring announcers, or the, yeah, the, uh, the commentators. And then he goes, and the ring announcers. And this guy's like, what are you talking about? And then whap, get, catches an elbow like, upside me? his head. I'm just fucking yeah. I'm making 150 catches bucks for an this. Elbow upside his head and Jericho celebrates. So the destruction of Jericho on Ring of Honor's legacy, I find that interesting. What do you think? Great. I, I feel like it's it's much more purpose to Jericho holding the ROH title. And mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I was going to be disinterested otherwise. But now, if you tell me, tune into the new ROH TV or YouTube, whatever that we keep suggesting, because Jericho is going to be a focus of, fuck what ROH was. It sucks. That's why it's dead. And I'm going to prove why it's dead because you all suck. I'm going to change mm-hmm. it. I'm going to make it better for you. I don't even want to do this. But I have to. It's in my contract or something, right? Like, just fuck. Or just, I'm so good, I want to destroy companies. And the first one I'm starting with is Ring yeah, of Honor. Yeah, I'm going to prove that the legacy of Chris Jericho is better than the legacy of ROH as a whole. Yeah, I like it. I'm interested. Now, can I say a little hey, fantasy pa- booking? Hey, pause. Eh? <laughs> like, let's measure those questions out. If you had to get rid of one, what was more impactful to you? Um, yeah, The legacy of, of Chris one? Jericho or the legacy of ROH? Legacy of uh, ROH. It's what you're getting okay. rid of? No, I'm getting rid of Jericho. Oh, okay. All right. 
And I'm not saying that I was a Ring of Honor nerd or I was like watching the fucking mixtapes and the DVDs that were sent out. Uh-uh. I never even watched a fucking live Ring of Honor show until like Kevin Steen was taken on uh, El Generico, right? Like I caught it late. However, look at current wrestling. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, go over to um, AEW, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Claudio. Like the whole wrestling scene is Ring of Honor 2004. So where's the line? If Jericho's not high enough to to make you make that decision, who would? I mean, obviously, like a Stone Cold or Rock, you'd probably swing with them. Yes. Where's the 100%. line? Who's who's competitive? In your mind, whose legacy would be competitive with the legacy of the entire It's so hard because we're living in what the Ring of Honor legacy yeah. is right now. If yeah, we get true. 10 years away from it and then look back and be like, man, actually, you know yeah. what? It kind of wasn't that great. That's true. So it's hard to say. But no, Jericho wouldn't be in it. It would, yeah, it would be the all timers. It's the Kurt Angles, the Shawn Michaels, the Hulk Hogan. Kurt Angle's a tough Mace. one. Right. Because Kurt Angle, I think, is like an all time great, but again, outside of wrestling mainstream. Or, you know, the mainstream folks don't remember the name Kurt Angle as much, right? So could you say, like, to us, be like, man, I don't want to give up all of the Kurt Angle moments. I'm never giving up Kurt Angle. I know you aren't, right? But I think it's yeah. a tough one for others. Yeah, this will be a fun Here's, one. Hit us up on the Twitter yeah. with a hashtag tweet mm-hmm. the table on who you think could stand toe-to-toe singularly. It's Outside fun, of, I mean, I think some of the, we know some of the. Obvious the, ones. Your Mount Rushmore's, obviously. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I like where this is going. I like at least it gives a purpose to Jericho holding the title instead of just like running back Le Champion. Mm-hmm. Side note, because I just have to say it because it's on my mind and I'll say it every single time it comes into conversation. If Kurt Angle would have had his entire career mm-hmm. in WWE, everyone would be saying that Kurt Angle is the greatest wrestler of all time and wouldn't be a debate. But because you small brain idiots couldn't watch two shows at one time, you didn't see most of the stuff you did in TNA. So you didn't know how fucking good he is making goddamn Ken Anderson look good in a wrestling match. Name another person who did that. Fucking no so one. What about He's the greatest ROH versus a rowdy Roddy Piper. For me? Well, I don't know because the argument mm-hmm. can be made. The reason why there was a WrestleMania one is that you, mm-hmm. you wanted to see exactly. Piper get killed. So that's it's kind of that level where I think you, you start comparing folks, like where it's mm-hmm. like, man, they were a mainstream name. People knew who they were, but they were never like the guy, right? That, that's where I feel Jericho's kind of hovering in that area, right? Like people know oh, who yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying the guy, right? Yeah. I'm not saying any like negative thing about Chris Jericho in that regard. Now here, can I tell you my quick fantasy booking? Yeah. I don't know anything about anything. I don't fact check. I don't care. I don't know shit about fuck. I don't know shit about fuck. I watch the television and I enjoy it or I don't. That's how I consume wrestling. That's how I consume. Sometimes I don't even know which one. Yeah. Here's the, here's another hot take. Just who cares about these people? Why do you fucking care? You you shared a video with me mm-hmm. about someone was talking about the growth of Instagram. And I was like, why do we care about the growth of Instagram? And I wrote back to you. Why the fuck do we care about the growth of anyone? Yeah. Same like, thing, though. You know them. Well, we, so we talked about this when people were like, whoa, but the ratings were all beat the ratings. Be like, why do you give a fuck about what the ratings were? Yeah, I don't care a thing <laughs> about fuck. it. If I'm the only one that watches AEW, I'm fucking happy. 
if we were to report on ratings here, it would be because like, hey, look how cool wrestling period has become because ratings mm-hmm. are up everywhere across the board or whatever. But like, I I I am not liking insert name of company more because they got a four point two instead of a three point seven from last week. I don't care about your ratings. I don't care about your growth, which is what the Instagram was. The Instagram CEO was talking about like not doing something everybody's been asking for because they saw growth of that feature in another part of their product. And, and the guy was like, what if I don't care if you have growth? Yeah. <laughs> like, and what? That's true. like, what the fuck would I care about that? And that's what I'm <laughs> going back to with the whole thing before I get into my quick fantasy booking. I don't care about the growth of Chris Jericho's career or MJF's or Bandito. I don't really care. I just want them to entertain me or not. Right. That's all I care about. Now, I can yeah, that whole thing I like, want. well, this preserves and deserves a title run because whatever, like, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. If it's an interesting story that they have a title, I care about that. Right. <laughs> now, now, there's fantasy booking, right? There's a, oh, man, this story would be the story I want. That's what you're watching on your television. But that you think, uh, you know, Darby Allen needs to be making more money than Sammy Guevara. Who the fuck care? You don't know him. You don't know. You now, don't if you know, know him, them. I, I, I digress, but uh, you don't fucking know him. So who cares about it? Anyhow, yeah. let's, let me give you my quick uh, fantasy booking for Chris Jericho. I don't know the timeline of the injury, but I would have Chris Jericho run through Brian Danielson, run through Adam Cole, run through Claudio. Cause he was just recently, you know, run it back with him. Uh, Who's another Ring of Honor champion? Well, a lot of them are in WB, but you know, go through all the Ring of Honor champions that you can grab. Grab a Briscoe. There, one of them was a, a AW heavyweight champion. Yeah, Briscoe right? won. Yep, Briscoe won. Grab him. You go through all of this, but the final boss, the Bowser for Ring of Honor, the flag bearer, the heart and soul. It's it's CM Punk. It's CM Punk saves Ring of Honor. He comes out. He's in his basketball shorts like he was no. against MJF. Hey, he obviously isn't fucking liked in in AW. So send his ass to Ring of Honor. I bet he just doesn't do it. I bet he views it as beneath him. Looking at Phil Brooks, not CM Punk. Now, fantasy booking, all that shits out the door. Yeah, a hundred percent. That would be the best move. A hundred percent. Or, or more realistic. The final boss, Bowser, the the one that saves Ring of Honor, it's Samoa Joe. Samoa, Samoa Joe. Joe would be the one. I mean, I could see a Brian Danielson, but Samoa Joe feels more like ROH long timer. Yeah. You know, flag bearer, as you said. Exactly. Yeah. He's the one that I, he's one of the ones I think of when I say Ring of Honor. Tyler Black. I thought Brian Danielson too, but they're going straight <laughs> into that. What'd you yeah. say? So Tyler Black. Tyler Black, bring him over. Yeah. Hey, actors can be on two shows at once. Just <laughs> yeah, give them right? a different name. This is yeah, Tyler just Black. Call up WWE and be like, hey, listen, I want to. You know, nobody will know. Friends. Nobody will know. Nobody will realize. It's no Tyler Black and Seth Rollins, two different call- guys. Yeah. We're calling him Tyler Black. No one's yeah. going to know. Look, he'll put the streak in his hair again. It'll be fine. Yeah. Nobody will fine. know. All right. So that was AEW <laughs> Dynamite. Next yeah. week, as mentioned, we got our anniversary show. We've got some scissoring. It's National Scissor Day. So that's going to be fun. I, that was one thing I missed in my rundown, and I apologize about that. Um, <clears throat> the acclaimed were backstage 
giving a little interview talking about how this is so great. Keith Lee makes eye contact straight with Billy Gunn. And it was like, he carried you. And then just yeah. walks away. One, I want to see Billy Gunn versus Keith Lee. <laughs> like, I want to see that, right? Okay. And yeah. two, is that dropping a little seeds of doubt in the acclaimed? And is this a way to like, hey, listen, we got where you, where you are, but I don't need to be taking the spotlight now. Now you guys run with it. Let's get me out. Is this Bring a way? In, Maybe we get I've a clean heel that, turn down the road and they fucking... No. Oh, I mean, ooh, it definitely could be because if it goes sideways, that's the easiest thing and make him go heel again. I think it's more of a, hey, Billy Gunn, <laughs> you're a little bit crazy on that outside of the ring, so let's yeah. just uh, get and we're you paying you a lot. off a little bit. And everybody's complaining about we're paying the, the old timers. So let's, let's have you Come training back for pay-per-views. Let's yeah. let's let's have you give a nutrition class backstage to the guys. <laughs> Get some meat yeah. on these guys. Grab Adam Cole uh, first. I'm glad you brought up Keith Lee because I want to head to Twitter. We've got two hashtag tweet the tables. Okay. Uh, use that on Twitter, and we'll read them right here on the show. Like at Devil Vamp, who says Keith Lee is absolutely not as good as everyone says. He has lost a step. Hashtag AEW Dynamite. Hashtag Tweet the Table. What an unproven statement. How are you going to test that? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just such How a are you gonna test it? It's, it's, it's Well, it's just very subjective. Now, the thing that I will say with Devil Vamp is I, I don't think he's not I don't think he's not good regarding Keith Lee. I think he's as good as everyone says when you put Keith Lee in the ring and the crowd's going and we're going to have a match. Bam, right? And I think Keith Lee can hold his own on the microphone. That's fine. I just feel like it's – for me, I've never connected with anything but that. Get him in the match. Get the moment. Get the crowd going. Let him stand there and look like I'm the coolest guy in the room, plus I'm the biggest dude in the room. What the fuck are you going to do about it? But mm-hmm. there's been no storyline that's ever made me be like, I give a shit if Keith Lee wins or loses this match coming up. So that's where I think he's not as good as everyone says he is in that. Yeah. Keith Lee's great for that moment, but I don't care about any program. Keith Lee's never chased the title that I gave a shit about. You didn't like him as tag champs. The frenemy thing was swerve. I mean, I, it was fine, but it it wasn't like, I I would say that's the most, I would say that's the most, right? Okay. I would say that's the most. Anything outside of that has always been like, yeah, it feels, I don't want to say gimmicky, right? Because that's not what I mean, but it just feels like it's, it's that it's, it's the, it's the play the circus hits, right? It's the, let's get Keith Lee out there so everybody can go bask in his glory and let him toss somebody into the fucking 14th row and let's move on. That, yeah, I think Keith Lee, the analogy I've always thought of with Keith Lee, first off, I always want to applaud him because he is a different type of of black wrestler he is not mm-hmm. gangsta gangsta he's not all the crime time and all that stuff right not saying that there isn't those people that it's okay to be that i'm just saying not everyone in the black community is, is that. that right right so i i greatly appreciate that keith lee is a is almost like a unicorn in the sense of he almost like the c- character i'm going to describe what it, my analogy is but the character i've always thought of and I'm going to bring up a nerd thing here again, but uh, if you ever watched X-Men, the beast reminds me of the beast where the beast was like a history teacher. He was reading all of these history books. If you needed like 
answers to like whatever solution you went to him. But then when shit got to hit the fan, Beast went in there and broke everyone's fucking neck. Like he was that guy too. You know what I mean? So that's how Keith Lee is to me as far as a character. Now, the analogy for Keith Lee is arena rock, right? Arena rock. You think of Def Leppard. You think of U2. You think of today it would probably be like Post Malone or or Imagine Dragons, right? Where you're going there because you want to sing along. You want to see the spectacle and the lights and the this and this. You put those acts in local venue, the Beaumont, right? Or uptown theater. And that's going to fucking suck. Right. Yeah. So that's what Keith Lee is to me is arena rock. I don't expect right now, at least any type of character development or origin story. I expect, Hey man, (laughs) we're throwing, we're throwing a Marco stunt to the 20th row tonight. It's going to be fucking fun. You know, like that's what I expect out of Keith Lee. You know what? Some of our <clears throat> viewers and listeners are going to hate to hear me say mm-hmm. your X Men reference. I've never seen anything X Men related. I've not watched. Not a movie. even when you were a kid. You I've didn't never watch read the cartoon? comic book. I can well, name I Wolverine, and that's it. You never watched the cartoon as a kid. No. It was prime your time. It was a little bit too young for me. It was. Your, so I was born in 1980. I was a Thundercats, He-Man kid, and Hulk Hogan's, you know, that that cartoon they had, WWE. Yeah, He-Man. Rock and wrestling, yeah. Yeah. He-Man makes a lot of sense for you. Now Mm -hmm. this show's making so much more sense. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, X-Men, I just, again, we've talked about this. I'm not a comic book nerd guy, right? I didn't read the comics, but I watched the cartoon. Like, the cartoon is how I know the X-Men. And the movies. You never watched a movie? No. I do. I have watched none of the comic book movies. I don't watch them. I don't know. I don't care. You ain't trying to watch Holly Berry. No. No. The hell are you watching? No, we've discussed this. It's not my not my type. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's the other tweet the table? I don't even know where to go. The other tweet the table because we've talked about. All of these people at Katie first lady says, so Brian Danielson edge, which we didn't talk about and Soraya are all wrestling again. What's their healing potion? Hashtag AEW dynamite hashtag WWE raw hashtag tweet the table. Well, is it? Well, so a couple things. Cortisone. One, we don't know about Soraya, <laughs> right? right? It hasn't been clarified. If that is an actual wrestler or just manager Mm -hmm. leader of the division uh and i talked about this last week when she debuted it worked for brian danielson it worked for edge you play the probabilities one of these times it's not gonna work and i'm not saying it's her it could be i don't know who another wrestler off the top of my head that suffered from a a broken neck let's just i'm 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 not trying (laughs) well i'm not trying to put this on someone but let's just say it's uh Bald Darren Drostoff. Let's say it's uh, let's yeah. say it's bald FTR, FTR right? one. Yeah, he comes back. Or Kurt Angle. There's a perfect one. There you go. Kurt Angle decides to come back, right? Like the law of probability says of those four, 
most likely one of them's not going to fucking have a great future. And so that's where it's, I'm, I'm just hesitant. I'm just scared for her first match because I don't want her to think that she's 20 again and can do the hurricane run off the top rope and then fuck her neck up, you know? So I'm scared to be honest with you. I am the most nervous that this could be a death nail type of thing for AW. Here's kind of what I've said regarding even last week when I brought this up. I don't think Soraya Page was all that great. I think she was a beneficiary of the time. I think she was better than average when the average was subpar. And I I, I think she's good. I have not. I know people are like, you know, like, oh, Paige, will we ever get Paige back? But, like, I is it really because you people are like, I can't wait to see Paige fucking collar and elbow tie up with somebody who like what the fuck like i don't know what she did before none of it do i remember of like match wise none of it none of it i remember a few storylines but i don't but i don't none of it match wise again i'm a moves don't matter kind of guy so like she's bringing but she was bringing nothing spectacular right like again i think she's better than average and right now we have way better than average do we? Um, I disagree. <laughs> well, in, her in debut AEW, on <laughs> Raw, where she took away the title from AJ, was a m- memorable moment when she decided to create the factions when they brought up Charlotte and Becky right. and all of that. Not a match. They gave her the poor name. <laughs> huh? But not a match. But what are you wanting? Are you wanting yeah. to remember matches, but moves don't matter? Or are you wanting to remember storylines? <sighs> and here's the storylines. Yeah, true. I mean, so correct right if we get a storyline here but we're not getting that well again it's been two weeks and i don't know if she's a wrestler and so we can get storylines without matches right so that's my thing is i I don't need her in a match because i never cared about her in a match if i'm being honest like i cared about the storyline and we can do it without a match my when somebody could potentially die from this or be you know paralyzed i don't want that yeah that's the scary part that's where AEW has a wrestler that dies is a death nail move or death nail event for AEW in less than five years of being a promotion. But when you're speaking of Soraya page, whatever, if you look at all of her social media, she's fucking killing it. She has just as many followers on Twitter as CM Punk. She has, she has the same number 2.7 million people follow her on Twitter. She has all the OnlyFans stuff, which I don't know what that is, but you know, she has all of that. Like her Twitch thing is quadrupled, whatever you can think of from any other wrestler. Like she has a so, following. But again, but so did CM Punk. And to me, and I think even you had said this before, like what what I don't get is I don't understand. I get it. I see that people like this person. Paige, oh my God. But when you go, why? And they go, because because page and you go what did page do or say and they go page like when they go what did cm punk do or say and now there's things and we can point to that right like and i think cm punk is different cm punk i think yeah. had much more self-influence tangible things yeah with page it was i i think it's more again a beneficiary of whoever was writing these storylines because the page match, I don't remember the move. I don't even remember what her finisher was. I don't remember the moves. None of them, right? The storylines, yes, I remember some of the storylines. But most of the promos, 
I don't remember, right? Like, I don't know what she said, when or where. Like, I remember yeah, there's a I few think... little digs at the Bellas. So to me, right. it's like, sure, I get that, yes, yeah, she's got this following, everybody, but I don't get why. And when I go, do you guys really care? <laughs> or is it just like, like, is it? Is right. it because so at that moment you identified like this is different than what we're getting, so right. I'm gonna attach to this, right? And that's, I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. So when you're saying I want the girl who, if I give a beer to, she's gonna chug, or if I give her a microphone, right. she's gonna mm. say Brit sounds like shit. Like you're not getting that from Athena. You're, and I know oh, well. the Brit and shit thing is more, yeah, 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 common with Jade and all of that stuff. But when she came onto the scene, she was doing the oh shit does a girl talk like that oh shit yeah if i you know it yeah, was guess... that when everyone was doing the i'm a model where she was like hey you want to go play a uh, flip cup in the yeah. back like that's what made her yeah yeah it, it that's like what's guys. But, but that's not what she's going to be now and so now i'm like what do you what's the draw well, you don't know she is it was a has-been like i don't know what because well, I just don't, don't know feel, yeah, I, I agree, but it's not looking good. It's not looking like there's a plan. And well, to me, I'm just like, I don't see the benefit she's adding outside of like, again, we're hoping to maybe tag a, you know, SB Nation uh, Facebook post where somebody's like, oh, they brought Paige. I, mean, I might check this AEW Dynamite, but that's going to go away in a couple weeks. I mean, we saw it with CM Yeah, Paul. but would you rather have that or more of an influence but someone who dislikes the business like logan yeah, paul i guess yeah you know what well, I mean? yeah i think logan paul likes wwe a lot oh, i think he, he likes, likes wrestling it a lot like a fucking hey did my check clear <laughs> he didn't give a I fuck. don't know i think he i think he admires the ability to go out and do athletic things and get people to cheer for you and not have to actually like test your metal all right uh tell him to name the intercontinental <laughs> champion without yeah, fucking well. going in the back and looking yeah well he ain't watching shit yeah um so yeah i my thing back to the tweet is i the law of probability says that one of these times the person that comes back from the neck injury yeah. it's not gonna work and i'm just so scared that so don't put her on the i ring. don't and again i don't want it to happen to edge i don't want it to happen to brian Danielson. Yeah. i'm not don't saying soraya is the only one that this could happen to i don't want anything to happen to any of these people neck injuries you shouldn't come back from fucking stop it man. well and not to again discredit uh AEW's women as a whole but we've talked about this not the highest caliber like we're talking about the most elite of talent here uh on that side across the board there's a few that I think I would feel would be safe enough to put her in the ring with to be honest with you yeah do mixed matches do mixed gender matches with her just, I just put her in there with Eddie Kingston that one might yeah it's It'd be a safer good. match than yeah, Ruby well. Soho <laughs> or Tay Conti. Nia Jax. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right. So those yeah. were the two of that. So, yeah, that was the tweet the tables. And, I mean, we've talked enough about AEW and whatnot. There's a few things going on on the WWE side of things that I feel like we should talk about, right? Okay. I think first and foremost is this White Rabbit. What, do you th what I are your thoughts, right? Everybody, we talked about this. Everybody was sure Bray Wyatt's coming back September 23rd, SmackDown, 923, SmackDown, 923, at 923 rolls around, and they cut to commercial break. So, and we get no Bray Wyatt. What What are your thoughts now? There's been more videos. I mean, there's obviously still somebody's coming. Somebody is this White Rabbit storyline. 
there's 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 links to Corbin, Kentucky. There's links to you know Wyndham, Maine. There's all kinds of stuff thrown around. Are we getting some kind of weird faction thing? This is still Bray Wyatt in my mind. Uh, you know, people have been floating around ideas of it being Malachi Black coming back as Alistair Black. Some people are throwing mm-hmm. out why, everything. Cody Rhodes, right? Like all these wild theories. What are your thoughts as it stands? I agree it's fun. I think it's fun right now because it is giving us, being the IWC, something to do. While they, you know, they can just, if it's Bray Wyatt, they can just appear him on TV one day and the casual fans, hey, fuck, it's just as cool to them as it was before. But we're over here going, who is it? When is it? Why didn't they fucking put him back on? It's bullshit, right? What are your thoughts? I think it's, well, I think it's the smartest thing for the Triple H era to do with these white rabbit things because i'm gonna go a little bit different with you real quick these episodes are boring Mm, yeah these episodes and this is the this is what i think is the worst possible thing you can be when vincent man was doing it it was fucking aggravating and it was like maddening but it's like skip bayless right like no one likes skip bayless he's a fucking horrible human but you watch him because you're like this motherfucker or it's like a Floyd Mayweather fight, right? You don't like Floyd Mayweather, but you buy the pay-per-view because you want to see him get his ass kicked, right? So like you watch WWE when Vince Rand's in it and you're like, these fucking idiots, like what, how, how, how much dumber can this get? And you're getting worked up and you're watching the next segment and it's fucking sucking. And then they take away Austin Theory's first name and all these things. And you're like, God damn it. But like you keep watching because it, it can't get worse, right? Can't get worse. <laughs> On the other end, when you get the fucking great stuff, right? I'm going to be a homer here, but like when you go to the MJF CM Punk and you get the origin story of how MJF was created and all of that stuff, you're like, this is amazing. More and more and more and more, right? A wrestling show, in my opinion, needs to be one or the other. It needs to either be like that or like this. Now, I won't watch the shit because I ain't got the time, but people do because, again, they're addicted, right? The Triple H shows are very... Yeah. Uh-huh. And that yeah. <clears throat> with this white rabbit going back to the white rabbit yeah. is perfect because Austin theory and Johnny Gargano is fucking boring. Matt Riddle just continually getting beat up, but being your number one baby face is kind of getting old. Ray Mysterio, not punching his son who looks like a goddamn waiter at Olive garden. Isn't that interesting edge? He comes back. Hey bud, your time was like 2012. We've done this four times in the last eight months. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I agree that there's a lot of boring with WWE and just, but it's not bad. It's not, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. I, but I agree where things like that, like the Johnny Gargano, Austin theory is just kind of like, I I don't, it feels generic is here. Candice LeRae debut. Well, they open with this damage control and it's just, again, it feels like I, I, it's, there's no actual unifying I still don't understand why Bailey, Io Sky, who was Io Shirai, and Dakota Kai, who don't look like each other, don't dress like each other, don't even speak the same language, are suddenly all unified in some sort of plan. Like, we haven't explained that, and so it's just boring, right? It's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, Um, a few things stick out to me. Uh, Obviously, we're, we're, you know... We can't sing enough praises of Sami Zayn. The honorary ooze thing happened on SmackDown. That was super fun to watch if unfold. I, man, 
if I if that shirt was around when I was in high school, I would wear that every day. Being from Independence, Missouri, <laughs> yeah. the Samoan population, I would get called Oos. I knew of the Oos thing way before the Usos came out. Like that's what people on the football team would call me that were Samoan. So like, man, I wish that shirt was around. I almost want to go back to Independence and call up like all the guys and see if they're around. Just be like, hey, look at my shirt. And then they're like, mm. fucking idiot. And then we're going to see you. Get everybody together at Pizza Tasso. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come up to, yeah. Come up yeah. to old uh, Luigi Primos. Luigi Primos. Um, Sammy Zane is great. Yeah. Um, going back to the White Rabbit. Hold on. But going back yeah. to the White Rabbit. I think it's fun, but you're on a short leash, at least with me. Because if you do the QR code, which is original, right? Yeah. Scan the QR code. It tells you 923. But then when you scan another one that's behind, I don't know. Uh, what's what's the champion's name? What's her name that uh, beat Ronda Rousey? Morgan. What's her first name? Oh, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. She's stretching. There's another one behind her. It says to tune in Monday, right? But you can only do that a couple more times because then it's like, well, fuck. It's just going to tell me Friday and I'll just fucking watch Friday. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think we need to hit that quicker yeah i'm ready we... i'm ready for it um the other thing that sticks out to me that that watching these shows especially raw like caught me by surprise i'm kind of not hating the judgment day right now i feel like they've let them loose to be a little more like sophomoric if you will right they're beating everybody up and just making fun of them being like ah fuck you right and like they're just mm-hmm. they're just being the turn the punch bowl to everybody's party and so i'm a little interested more now than i think i ever was with the judgment day I'm the most interested with the judgment day with AJ Styles, where mm-hmm. Finn Balor puts his head in a chair and is like, Hey, I could have done this, but we're yeah, friends. But we're friends. Idiot. Yeah. I don't do this to friends. That could that could play into something down the road. Mm-hmm. Yep. But and I'm and I'm not trying to be nitpicky, <laughs> but here's my issues with the judgment day. I can't remember a match they've ever won. It, true. Yep. Uh Dominic is not it yeah like, but i kind of also like that also about like where it's kind of that mjf thing where it's like you have it like i i i i like this group but i hate it right like i hate the the parts of oh, it oh i right? just think he's bad like i think he's a yeah. bad actor oh like, he I don't, is I think he, oh he is very I think we bad. need to yeah. i think we need to recast mm-hmm. mysterio's son it doesn't need to be him like just hire an actor hire a wrestler who's better yeah because he yeah. sucks yeah, he's put a mask good. on him. That's what you should do. Put a mask on him for a couple weeks, and then we do the Sin Cara, where then someone else plays Sin Cara, and we never fucking know the difference. Just especially since she's like domin him out and just like yeah, make put him a mask. Wear a mask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wear a and then we mask. give it. Yeah, we get a little two weeks here, and then switch him out with someone else who's more charismatic because that guy yeah. is fucking dull. Yeah. Now, the other thing, and this is the thing that is honestly irking me the most. And it's who you said, Rhea Ripley. You can't keep up. You can't keep beating up the guys and no one's calling your card, right? Mm-hmm. Like then, then it's unfair. Like everything is unfair. You're just beating up dudes. We all know that the dudes can't hit you. And it's not even like good heat because it's just like, if one of these fucking nerds well, had just, a woman, they yeah, would, it would be okay would if you just lean into that though. Right. Like be like, what are you going to hit a woman? Right. Like get up in their thing. So they got to be like, you 
motherfucker is like as soon as she's not around kicking your ass but what's the payoff they hit her i mean i don't know yeah somebody's got to get a woman i mean right that's what i'm saying so you're putting yourself in a corner unless Mm -hmm. you have unless you already have it mapped out that you're that you're gonna do it yeah but like right now i don't see it and it's kind of annoying yeah um and then uh, i smirked on nxt because we got braun breaker dropping a 33 and a third percent chance uh so that was fun yeah he was talking about triple threat with he was talking about triple threat braun breaker steiner's fucking kid and he was like Hmm? And he was talking about the other guy, and he was like, and as we know, he's like, if I do my math correctly, you've got a 33 and a third percent chance of winning. That's cute. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch NXT. I don't, yeah. like, I, I know Braun Breaker because I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Steiner Brothers nerd. Yeah. Uh, I did watch uh, the table, table for three. For three. Yeah. With the Steiners. Did you see that one? Yeah. With Scott I watched Steiner it. talking about yeah. how. He would race Macho Man, and then Macho yes. Man was like, "All right, let's do it backwards." <laughs> yes, and then sideways. Uh, I, well, he knew the cows or something. <laughs> um, the great thing that Scott Steiner dropped uh, was to Braun Breaker. They're talking about how he's doing so well. And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Just keep doing our shit, and you'll be fine." <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, you know, you're a fuck. You, you know, he's like, you're at life." But it's true. Like, like, <laughs> keep doing our yeah. shit, pal. Just keep doing our uh, shit, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah i liked all the stories Mm -hmm. i liked uh i wish except did you notice and i don't know if this is propaganda from wwe or if that was real they tried to make it sound like the braun breaker name was his suggestion and he said i don't want to use the steiner name and i use this braun breaker name before if i'm being honest with you braun breaker was the fifth most interesting thing of that table for three (laughs) and (laughs) there was only three there right you know what i'm saying uh the food was more interesting than him. Uh, I just like hearing sandwiches. Did you know what I'm saying? That was weird. I loved it. Yeah. That was yeah. What, why? Right. That's interesting. I, I, I would have expected about... steak and potatoes. And these guys exactly. are watching That's their weight. I now. Yeah. <laughs> but I just loved hearing the stories. I, the, the only thing I wish is it seemed like Scott Steiner was a tad apprehensive no of doing yeah. it. And so when he got asked questions of like, who was your favorite tag team? He was just giving the non-committal, like they're all great. Yeah, I think it's weird seeing the last several years since we've seen like the Hall of Fame and Scott Steiner maybe in some other interviews. Scott Steiner has turned into like an introvert uh, in his old age, which is just bizarre, right? <laughs> to think when we know Scott Steiner to be Scott Steiner. Maybe he's been burned too many times, right? You, you piss off too many people, then you go into the, it's, it's like a, I've gone through this my entire life. I've always been the loud mouth in the class or the loud mouth at work or whatever it is. And then people are like, God, that's annoying. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll be quiet. And then you're quiet for two days. And then people are like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Like, is, is things okay? I'm like, mm-hmm. motherfucker said you didn't want the shit. So if you don't want the well, shit, Well, that is it too. Quiet. At what point is Scott Steiner like, he's like, yeah, yeah, look, I'm playing along. I know you guys like with the fucking Steiner mass and the English language and everything. He's like, and I'm, and I'm playing along because this is how we make money. But like, motherfucker are you guys calling me dumb because like i'm yeah. gonna fucking right <laughs> yeah and that's what it felt like a little bit is like he was he was into it he was having a little bit of moments with braun where he's like i remember this about you as a kid and all that stuff mm-hmm. but he was very hey so so what did you think of this time in wwe man what did you think? He because the thing they said was the greatest thing in pro wrestling is that ted turner bought wcw i thought that yeah. was interesting Fuck Vince McMahon, right? <laughs> I mean, if he had, well, if he hadn't done it, would we have got like the Monday Night Wars and then yeah, that's the Attitude Era? So, I mean, again, things are linked, right? You can always kind of that butterfly effect 
uh, I mean, that was an important link in the like chain. My, I think what he was saying, though, is that's my favorite time. Yeah, like, fuck it is. WWE. Yeah, fuck absolutely. All shit. Absolutely. Is that is what he was yeah. saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, man. Um, yeah, so that's the WWE side of things, unless anything else stuck out to you. But I don't, there's still a long way to go. We'll say that. The the fun thing of the week that I noticed, and maybe I'm a week late. Again, I don't fact check. Uh, I love how Bobby Fish left AEW to go to, to Impact. Make his <laughs> triumphant debut in Impact, which has fucking Frankie Kazarian wrestling there right now. So it's like you could have still stayed in AEW. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He Bobby Fish. is a guy that loves the smell of his own shit. And he is a guy that doesn't have it. Yeah. I'm telling never, you that. I, I definitely can't name a single move. Can't name a single story that wasn't connected to somebody else that I remember with Bobby Fish in it. Don't know a promo yeah. he's ever cut. Well, he I cut this pick one out on his, impact. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, oh, oh, couldn't yeah. pick his voice out in a lineup. You know what I mean? Like couldn't do it. So yeah. uh, I just anyway. thought that was fun. He, Oh, Bobby Fish. Who the fuck cares? I'd rather yep. see the hurricane. Yeah, like the actual hurricane that's like <laughs> No, like Shane Helms. Shane Helms, not Yeah, not right. fucking All right. Oh, Jesus. I'm glad I fact checked that one. But normally we don't fact check. So until next week. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. actually, I just thought about that because it's hitting Tampa. That's where all of them live, right? It's where a lot of them live, I would imagine, yeah. Man, are they going to be able to make it to the shows coming up? Like, if you can't fly out of your house, where are you staying? Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. That's an interesting thing. Maybe we'll talk about it next week right here on the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table.